Good morning, church. It's me again. Today I'll be singing Mercy Said No by C.C. Winans.
Our scripture for today comes from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 15 through 17. Behold, the nations are as a drop in a bucket and are counted as the small dust on the scales. Look, he lifts up the isles as a very little thing, and Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor its beasts sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted by him as less than nothing and worthless. Isaiah 40, verses 15 through 17. A doctor, a politician, a little boy, and a preacher were out for a Sunday afternoon flight in a small airplane. Suddenly, the plane developed engine trouble. In spite of the best efforts of the pilot, the plane started to go down. Finally, the pilot grabbed a parachute, yelled to the passengers that they had better jump, and then he bailed out. Unfortunately, there were only three parachutes remaining. The doctor grabbed one and said, I am a doctor, I save lives, so I must live, and jumped out. The politician then said, I am a politician. And politicians are the smartest people in the world. I deserve to live. He also grabbed a parachute and jumped. The preacher looked at the little boy and said, My son, I've lived a long and full life. You are young and have your whole life ahead of you. Take the last parachute and live in peace. The little boy handed the parachute back to the preacher and said, Not to worry, Pastor. The smartest man in the world just took off with my backpack. (laughs) I was going to have this talk way back just before the election. And then I got sick. I'm not sure whether it was Satan's doing or the Lord's, but I guess you can be the judge of that. I'm not trying to be cynical with this talk today, but I think you'll get the drift. Many of us tend to think the worst of politicians and government workers, so when we read the words, never trust a politician, we may think it's advice we don't really need. We already see politicians as bunglers and liars or both. Who needs to be told never to trust a politician when bureaucratic bungling is already the target of so much mockery? Even government workers joke about it. I came across something on the internet that makes some fun out of the old saying, don't beat a dead horse. A reminder that when an idea or a project has no chance of going anywhere, we shouldn't try to force mileage out of it, but should try something else instead. Or as the internet jokester put it, Dakota Tribal Wisdom says that when you discover you're riding a dead horse, the best strategy is to dismount. However, we in the government often try other strategies. These include change riders, buy a stronger whip, say things like, this is the way we've always ridden this horse, increase the standards to ride a dead horse, appoint a blue ribbon panel to study the horse, 
create a training program to increase our riding ability, compare the state of dead horses in today's environment, pass legislation declaring this horse is not dead, blame the horse's parents, harness several horses together to try to increase the speed, provide additional funding to increase the horse's performance, declare no horse is too dead to beat, appoint a special prosecutor to investigate the farm where it was born, promote the horse to a supervisory position. This list includes other items as well, but you get the idea. What's more, experience has taught us not to believe everything government leaders tell us. Consider America's national leaders from the past few decades. One said, I am not a crook, and then was forced to resign for his crooked activities. Another said, read my lips, no new taxes, and then presided over the largest, one of the largest tax hikes in history. Another insisted, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, only to be reproved a liar by DNA evidence. Leaders in other nations are often not any more truthful. Sometimes it seems that one of the few policies that politicians of all parties and all nations can agree upon is lying. So, if someone tells you never trust a politician, you might reply, no argument there, but why, why waste time telling me what I already know? But when I say never trust a politician, I'm not saying you should always think the worst of every person in power or every person running for public office. In fact, I think most of us are too cynical. Many politicians are people who work in the government are more capable and honest than we give them credit for. No doubt there are some bunglers and liars and even some of the best leaders have had bad moments, but in fairness, we should acknowledge that many people in politics really are talented and really do want to help their fellow citizens. They face a huge challenge in sorting through issues and figuring out which policies are best. And we shouldn't be so busy griping that we're not grateful for the earnest efforts of public servants and grateful for a country that, despite its failings, offers us many precious freedoms and opportunities. Still, it needs to be said, never trust a politician, not even a good one. This isn't just my idea, it's a command from God himself. The Bible says, do not put your trust in princes. We read that from Psalms 146. Or in today's language, never trust a politician. Why? Is it because they are all incompetent or immoral? No, that's not the reason God gives. God tells us, do not put your trust in princes, in mortal men who cannot save you. When the Lord says not to trust in princes or politicians, he's not telling us to be cynical and negative. He's simply saying that politicians, even if they are brilliant people of high integrity, are still mere mortals who cannot save. The Bible goes on to say, when their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. How can such people save us or determine our destiny? They can't even save themselves or carry out all the things they plan. 
The most powerful politicians are mortals who turn back to dust, and their grandest plans turn to dust right along with them. That's not gloom. It's realism. So never trust a politician. Never count on a political system to save you or make your life worth living or give you eternal life and happiness. Instead, look to someone who really does have the power to help and to save those who trust him. Blessed is he whose help is in the God of Jacob, says Psalm 146, whose help is in the Lord his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, the Lord who remains faithful forever. Whom would you rather trust with your ultimate future? A politician who is here today and gone tomorrow, or the God who created everything and remains faithful forever? Most of us know which answer we ought to give to this question, but if we're honest, we might be surprised to find that we trust more in politicians than in the God we say we trust in. Oh, we don't trust their character, though many are better people and have higher ideals than we give them credit for. But even when we don't trust politicians' character, we still have as our highest concerns the direction of our country and the condition of the economy, and we count on politicians to take care of such things. In fact, whether we want to admit it or not, we may trust politici a politician more if we know he doesn't have a trustworthy character. Many of us want politicians who get things done, no matter what it takes. We want someone to represent us who is shrewd and powerful enough to bring money and jobs to our own area, regardless of whether it's good for the rest of the country or not. We want our nation's leader to use his cunning and power to make our nation rich and powerful, regardless of what's good for the rest of the world. Much of our complaining about dishonest politicians is hypocritical. Because deep down, we want leaders who are willing to resort to dirty politics to give us what we want. We don't trust their character, but we do trust in them to keep us prosperous. And that's what we want most. At any rate, when Psalm 146 says not to trust in princes, it's telling us to realize the limitations of politics, period. The main problem with trusting a politician is simply that politicians are mere mortals who cannot save. No politician can pay for your sin. Only Jesus' blood can do that. No politician can change you on the inside. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. No politician can make you live forever. Only the resurrection power of Christ can do that. Don't get so focused on policy or prosperity that you ignore what matters most. The Lord Almighty, your relationship to him, and the destiny of your eternal soul. Never become so attached to a politician or party or even a nation and a flag that you equate them with God's kingdom. Many of us get excited about our nation and upset about politics, but for some reason we've feel uninterested in God and unconcerned about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why is that? Well, if you don't believe in Jesus at all, I can see why that might happen. 
I can understand why the most sacred thing in the world could become your country and who wins the next election and gets to run things. It's not much to believe in or serve as your ultimate loyalty, but if you don't trust and serve God, your country and politics might seem better than nothing as objects of trust and devotion. But when people claiming to be Christians say, my country, right or wrong, and act like their dis- the destiny of their souls and the fate of the universe hangs in the balance every time another election rolls around, then we really need to ask ourselves some hard questions. When we talk about God and country, what do we mean by God? Do we mean the creator of the world who remains faithful forever, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ? Or do we mean whatever supernatural power will help us win our battles and enrich our pocketbook and put us in charge? When we think about saving the world, are we thinking of the gospel of Jesus Christ or merely about our own political agenda? Some TV preachers stand beside a flag as they ask viewers to trust in Jesus and send money. The donations will help Christians to take back their country and save it from the clutches of people with bad morals and bad politics. I get uneasy when politicians use too much God talk around election time. And I get even more uneasy when church people use too much nationalistic talk as part of their religion. People sometimes confuse their country with the kingdom of God. They feel that their favorite politicians and their favorite party are the keys to advancing God's will in the nation. They sometimes talk as though Christianity would collapse if the wrong party won an election and make it sound as though heaven would come to earth if only the right people were elected. It's a terrible mistake to confuse the spiritual kingdom of God with any particular political system. Underlying these mistakes is the worst of all errors idolatry. It's a question of what we worship and trust. What do we worship? Is our highest loyalty to the living God, or do we care most about our country and our political system and the freedom and prosperity that we have? What do we trust? Do we trust in God to determine our destiny? Or do we trust in political figures or a political system to save us and make our lives better? One phrase that's familiar to many Americans describes the United States as the last best hope of mankind. That's a lie. And it's idolatry. Jesus is the only hope of mankind. If the U.S. is the last best hope of mankind, then mankind is doomed for sure. The United States isn't the kingdom of God and the hope of the world, and neither is Canada or any other country. We need to be very careful when we talk about God and country. Does this mean we may never wave a flag? No, but it does mean we shouldn't do our flag waving in church, and we shouldn't treat the flag as though it's holy and sacred. Does this mean we can't celebrate and enjoy what's good about our country? No. We may celebrate, and we should thank God for blessing us so richly. But let's also recognize the evils in our nation, and let's recognize that our nation isn't necessarily more important to God than any other nation. Does this mean Christians have to keep their convictions to themselves and leave politics to non-Christians? No, 
but it does mean we shouldn't expect the political process and the government to do more than it's des designed to do. And we shouldn't act as though it's the end of the world if our own political views don't win the day. Does this mean that elections don't matter? No, elections matter. But having the right politician in charge of the country won't help you nearly as much as having God in charge of your life. Sometimes to get things in perspective, we need to stand back and see where the importance of our country and the power of our politicians fit into the big picture. In the big picture, the reality of God, who is invisible to us, looms very large, while those, which seem so those things which seem so big to us end up looking very small. Psalm 146 shows God as the maker and ruler of everything, while politicians and their plans are merely dust. The Bible offers much the same contrast in Isaiah 40, where scriptures again show how unimportant politicians and nations are compared to God. Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. Before him all the nations are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. A country can solve, or call itself the last, be <clears throat> last best hope of mankind, but it's just a tiny drop in a bucket. A nation may think it's the greatest thing that ever was, but God says it's like a bit of dust on his scales, and even then, he's flattering it. Compared to God, it is less than nothing. Now, God doesn't say all this to depress us, but to turn us away from the empty hopes and foolish fears that go with placing our ultimate trust in any mere human or political system. God says all this to turn us away from idolatry. In Isaiah 40, after God cuts the nations and the rulers down to size, he says, The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and, understanding, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who help in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Politicians can't save, but God can. Keep that in mind when you think about God and country. Perhaps you aren't a Christian at all and you don't claim to be. In fact, perhaps all you know about Christians these days is that they form political coalitions that say all sorts of things about welfare reform, tax codes, budget debates, defense spending, immigration policy, and foreign debt, but never speak to you of a God who beings dwarfs all the rulers put, <coughs> excuse me, put together whose kingdom is a spiritual one that will reach its fullness not in the next election, but only when Christ himself comes again in glory. Maybe you've gotten the impression that God's main agenda is to get all of his divine laws passed in the next session of the legislature. And you've heard very little of the God who saves you by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and who refreshes you in his love by the Holy Spirit. 
I'm afraid those of us who are Christians may be failing those who aren't yet Christians by being just as obsessed with politics as anyone else. Again, let me say that Christians have the right and responsibility as citizens to contribute to their country and its direction. But when an involvement in politics becomes a bitter obsession, something is seriously wrong. If even church people are so busy making political pronouncements that we're not announcing the good news that it is God and not government that saves, then we have lost our first love and are terribly confused. We need to trust the Lord who renews our strength. We need to lead others to him so that they too can soar on wings like eagles, even if they vote for a different party or belong to a different nation. Psalm 146 do not, says, Do not put your trust in princes, in mortal men who cannot save. Blessed is he whose hope is in the Lord, his God. And then it says, He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free, and the Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the alien and sustains the fatherless and widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations, praise the Lord. If you're longing for justice, food, liberation, healing, dignity, protection, and victory over the wicked— not to mention forgiveness of sins and eternal salvation, then the Lord is the one you should trust. It is he, not any politician or nation, who reigns forever, and it is ultimately from the Lord that all these blessings flow. Mortals cannot save, but God can save. Now, if what I've been saying seems to cast a negative light on politics and on patriotism, please take another look. The truth is that only when politics and patriotism are put in their place can our involvement in politics be, uh, be hearty and our sense of patriotism be healthy. Otherwise, politics and patriotism become idols that disappoint and destroy us. Once I stop thinking my country is the last best hope of mankind— I won't get grumpy or think it's the end of the world every time it fails to live up to that, and I can simply appreciate it for what it is, a country with many freedoms, blessings, and opportunities that also has a share of problems. Also, I can address the problems and sins of my nation out of genuine concern and love for my fellow citizens rather than out of a selfish desire to make my country the way I want it. I can help people see that the worldwide church, not a particular country, is God's holy nation. And I can try to win people to a holy life in Christ rather than using political means to force my non-Christian neighbors to act like me. Are you trusting in a politician or a program that's here today and gone tomorrow? Or are you trusting the everlasting God who is faithful forever? Is your ultimate hope in the prosperity and power of your country or in the riches of God's grace in Jesus Christ? If you're not yet a Christian, I pray that God will open your eyes to his truth, love, and joy in Jesus. And if you are a Christian, I pray that you'll think worship 
and live like one and invite others to follow Christ. Blessed is he whose hope is in the Lord his God. The Lord reigns forever. Praise the Lord. 